The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler share with you the pathway to becoming a top leader in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler. Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. I'm Dr. Relly Nadler. My esteemed co-host, Dr. Kathy Greenberg, is with us. And you know, between Kathy and I, we have helped thousands of leaders and executives to perform in the top 10%. You know, we always want to interview people who are on the cutting edge, who are doing things that can give you a few tips that will help you move forward, either for yourself or for your team. And so let me tell you about our, our guest uh, today. Today we have uh, Robert Tucker. We're going to talk about his book, Innovation is Everybody's Business. And Robert is one of the most in-demand innovation speakers and workshop leaders in the world. Since 1986, he has coached and consulted uh, managers, executives, and entire teams at organizations ranging from IBM to SAP to American Express. He regularly works with organizations <clears throat> ranging from the Japan Marketing Association to the Ministry of Industry in Morocco. His firm, Innovation Resources Consulting Group, is based in Santa Barbara, serves clients in 46 countries. So Robert's going to have a really interesting take on what's going on in, in innovation. He also is the author of seven books, including Driving Growth Through Innovation, How Leading Firms Are Transforming Their Futures, and the best-selling Managing the Future, 10 Driving Forces uh, for Change. He's a former adjunct professor at UCLA and has appeared on Bloomberg, ABC, NBC, PBS, and was featured guest on the CBN and NBC series, The Business of innovation with Marquia, uh, excuse me, Maria Bartiromo. So, you know, now we're in our eighth year in Leadership Development News. You know, we're one of the top five ranked business shows on the Voice America network. Millions of listeners in, in 27 countries, 126 cities. And so depending on the month, we get as many as 95,000 downloads over our eight years of um, interviews that you can get at the site, Leadership Development News, or you can also sign up uh, on iTunes and be able to, to have those come in. So let me say a little something about Kathy, and then we'll bring on Kathy. Uh, if you don't know Kathy, Kathy, uh, Dr. Kathy Greenberg coaches leading executives and entire companies on her proven happiness equals profit. <clears throat> she has been named the First Lady of Happiness by ABC TV. She has authored millions of... Uh, <clears throat> Uh, books with uh, popular books on the science of happiness, including What Happy Companies Know. She hasn't authored millions of books, but her books have sold millions. And What Happy Working Mothers Know. She touches millions in an in-demand, as an in-demand speaker, TV, and radio personality. Kathy is the founder of the executive consultancy H2C, stands for Happy Companies, Healthy People, 
and she offers friendly tips to be at your best uh, on the nationally syndicated The Morning Blend. And then Kathy has a free iPhone app uh, that you can see her uh, glowing face, Your Happiness Now, to available at the iTunes store. And her newest best-selling book, Fearless Leaders, Sharpen Your Focus, is available on Amazon and with a fully integrated platform to help you become a fearless leader. And you can visit Kathy at drkathygreenberg.com for free downloads to access your true talents for lifelong satisfaction and performance. She has some new uh, offerings to get um, <clears throat> at her site. And make sure you check it as far as some assessments, drkathygreenberg.com. Kathy, welcome. Hi, really. Thank you for that introduction. And um, boy, I wish I had written millions of books. <laughs> I know. That was a good slip. You probably liked no, that, that one, didn't wonderful. you? <laughs> hey, look, I have something to look forward to, you know. The right. Fearless series is uh, doing very, very well, and we are very excited to be doing a military uh, TEDx coming up this week. And we're going to AUSA, which is the Association of the United States Army. We've got you know, 20,000 members coming to that. So maybe wow. one of these days. <laughs> but in the meantime, let me introduce my co-host, Dr. Relly Nadler, who is not only a dear friend um, and one of the most wonderful coaches I've ever worked with, but he is also a master level certified executive coach, a psychologist, a corporate leadership and team trainer. And of course, Relly brings his legendary expertise in emotional intelligence to all of his keynotes, consulting, coaching, and development programs. You know, Relly's newest top-ranked book, and one of my, uh, I'll say, mainstays, is Leading with Emotional Intelligence. And that book provides hundreds of tools and strategies to develop star performers across any industry, including your own, and including for yourself. His Leadership Keys field guide is available on Amazon as a book, or an ebook, and you can also download it as a free iApp. It's called Leadership Keys at iTunes, and you can get videos, uh, you can get his tools and tips, and all you need to do is go to your app store. He has a popular blog on Psychology Today with over 90,000 reads, and to measure your EQ and get free resources from his wonderful site called EI Central, text EI Central. To three eight four seven zero. Let me say that again. Text E I Central to three eight four seven zero, or you can visit him at truenorthleadership.com. So, Relly, before we get started with our guest, maybe we should tell the audience a little bit about why we are so excited about emotional intelligence and the science of happiness, mm. and how it works with leadership development to increase performance by as much as seventy seven percent. Sure, Kathy. Let me say a few words before we bring Robert on. So we all know this. Emotions are contagious. Who is the most contagious person on the team or in the organization? It's the team leader. could be the director, the president. They're the most uh, contagious person. Everybody looks to them, and they kind of get a pulse of what's going on. And, you know, as a leader moves up the corporate ladder, as much as about 85% of their success comes from these emotional intelligence competencies when you look at that in comparison to technical expertise and how smart they are. So depending on the research, you know, as high as 85%, there's others around 55 60% are these competencies that Kathy and I uh, talk about. And I think when we talk about Robert, the innovation and a lot of the things he's going to talk about also would fit as some of these key competencies. And... 
we know when someone has training, they can get an increase in productivity about 22%. But then when you add the individual touch of coaching, executive coaching, uh, it can increase to about 88%. So, Kathy, let me uh, bring on Robert, because we can at least say hello before our first, first break. So, Robert, welcome to the show. Well, it's good to be on, really. And Kathy? <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for being here. And, you know, one of the things that we, we typically always start off with is, you know, who have been some of your, you know, main influences as far as leadership? And, you know, maybe how did you get into this uh, innovation world? Well, uh, as far as influences, I would say, gosh, a, a host of them, uh, all the way back to my parents. But uh, how I got in the innovation field, uh, by the way, when I got into the field, it wasn't really called a field. It wasn't recognized. I've <laughs> uh, yeah. kind of been part of growing it up. But uh, I was actually a journalist out of college and became a magazine editor and then went off on my own and always interested in interviewing famous innovators, people who were doing positive things in the world and, and uh, scientists, uh, artists, and so forth. And, and uh, it, it sort of morphed into a, a career as a speaker and a, not, and a thought leader uh, in this huh. incredible field of innovation. How long have you been doing it? I know you and I have known each other for at least 20 years. Right, it's over twenty years. Let's just put it there. <laughs> okay, we won't we won't age almost ourselves. Almost thirty, here. actually. <laughs> it's been what thirty? Yeah, almost thirty. Yeah, coming up on thirty. You were you were mere children at the time. That's right, of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know uh, when you start off because I've seen your your talks and maybe just before the break, you kind of start off with this idea of a of a flashlight, and you kind of tell an interesting story. Maybe you can share that with us. Right. When I'm speaking and work, doing workshop with groups, uh, the flashlight's kind of become a metaphor. It's, it's essentially, you know, I say, uh, I talk about a, a time when I was lost in the Tetons. I used to do a lot of backpacking, and I got lost. Uh, kind of an embarrassing story, but anyway, I didn't have my flashlight, and so I, I sort of turned to the group and say, hey, you know, I'm going to talk to you about your flashlight, because the, the times that we're living in, I mean, you really do need to... Uh, kind of think ahead of the curve, look a little farther up the trail, and we're, we're also just busy and, and you know, doing 100 emails and 1,000 things. and So it's, it's really my opportunity to kind of work with that group on the, the, the path ahead. Hmm. Okay, good, good. Well, I remember some of the story, and then we'll go to our first break, that you got lost and then you had, you had to sleep outside because uh, you couldn't find your way to your tent, right? And then when you woke up, what did you find out? Well, I, I found out that the tent was like about 30 feet away there, and uh, <laughs> if I had had that flashlight with me, see, I wasn't prepared. So it makes a nice metaphor because, you know, whether you're a, a business person or a, a parent uh, or, um, you know, someone still in school, uh, we, we all need to kind of uh, practice what I call the innovation skills and become more aware of them. So, uh, yeah, I look forward well, to, to getting in those. Yeah. Well, we'll get more uh, into those because you, you have a wealth of knowledge and experience. And uh, this is Leadership Development News. We'll be right back. We're 
always talking business, talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better. What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the Happiness Equals Profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, WhatHappyWorkingMothersKnow.com. Or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at H2CLeadership.com. That's H2CLeadership.com. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're talking to Robert Tucker about 
innovation in everybody's business. And um, Robert, I wanted to kind of come back to one of the, I guess, the important components of what you do, which is helping high performers innovate. So tell us a little bit about how you get started with an executive or a leader, and what are the what are the key things that you look for in, uh, I'd say, high potential managers and various companies that you work with, such as Johnson & Johnson, American Express, and so forth? Yeah. Um, well, these high potentials have been selected by the company to participate in these elite programs, and so they usually have me come in and, and work with them. And it's an unusual area to receive coaching and training, but it's the area of how we turn ideas into uh, reality and how we uh, get new things done. And uh, so I, I uh, wanted to just point out that it's something, though, that that we all need to master, and it's something that we're already doing. I mean, anytime we're improvising a situation or solving a problem in a, in a creative way, we are, in effect, innovating. Now, not all innovations are created equally, but um, this is something that, as a coach, I just want to bring up and, and, and help people to become more conscious of this. So that's kind of what I, I do in life, at least when I'm working with these kinds of, uh, kind of groups. Now, you know, I, I think many of us have had the wonderful opportunity to speak uh, in front of these audiences and to uh, hear about um, how they do leadership development. Can I just take that a step further, and can you talk a little bit about how you approach an innovation coaching? Yes. Um, the, um, what I usually design the program around is teaching the I-skills, and I'm very experiential and that sort of thing, and we ought to maybe outline those for our, for our listeners. Um, you know, there's a lot happening out there in the world, and I think that because of all the change, because of all the, the new competition and so forth, I mean, you know, it's, these are a set of skills, Kathy, that I think all of us need to master whether we're high potential uh, designated or not. Um, if you look at some of the statistics that are out there, uh, for example, 140 million knowledge workers will be replaced by automation over the next 10 years. According to McKinsey's study, 75 million jobs will be replaced by robots. So what's happening, in, at least in uh, the corporate environment, is that fewer and fewer people are needed but the kind of people that are desperately needed are the kind of people that you all write and talk about, and that's people with emotional intelligence. And, and I would add something to that. I, I would say that this ability to uh, deal with an ambiguous situation mm. and to create value and to, to solve problems that have never been uh, addressed before are going to be the, the, the real differentiators as we move into this very, very fast-changing future. You know, now, things? you also, I, I'm sorry, Riley, I'm just very excited ahead, yeah. about the subject. <laughs> Go ahead. I was going to say one of the things that, you know, it, it sounds like when you work with CEOs, one of the priorities they always have, uh, you know, is around innovation. And given some of the interesting things you're saying already around knowledge workers being replaced and, and robots, you know, what would you say are, are kind of the, uh, you know, the, the key challenges of why we need to kind of to focus more on this? Well, I think the biggest challenge right now is growth. I mean, that's what all the, uh, the research is, is telling us. You know, companies are just not growing at a rate that will entice investors or really even ensure their long-term survival. 
Um, now, that seems like a very harsh word, but if you look at some of the statistics, the Fortune 500 companies are churning faster than ever before. About 40% of them will vaporize, basically, uh, in the next decade, according to some of the studies that are done. And they'll be replaced by companies that don't even exist yet. And you say, wow, that's kind of, uh, that's kind of alarmist almost. But think back. I mean, where was Facebook 10 years ago? Or where was Alibaba maybe a year or two years ago? Or, or Uber, Airbnb? So there's, there's this churn, and the incumbent companies really need to, um, in effect, fight back or, or uh, you know, come back at these kinds of disruptions. And that takes mounds of creativity. So they're going to be looking to their to people. Uh, they're going to be looking especially to their high potential uh, managers mm-hmm. and, and up-and-comers to really um, uh, create a counter-strategy there. Well, one of the things that I know um, that you have been writing about and speaking about is how to make yourself indispensable, right? Because we have this hyper-competitive world. In fact, I think that's the name of your book, um, Innovation in Everybody's Business, How to Make Yourself Indispensable in Today's Hyper-Competitive World. Can you talk a little bit about um, perhaps some of the skills and abilities people need to think about in order to, to get ahead of that curve? Absolutely, yeah. I, we identified seven. And the way we identified them, Kathy, was we went out to our client companies and, and others, and we said, you know, who are the people that if you really want to get some new important project done, maybe it's a merger, maybe it's a new product, but it's something that you have to cross boundaries and silos to really get it done. And so we went to those people and we said, hey, can we talk to you about your skill set, your tool set, your uh, strategic mindset? And that's kind of what they, they uh, self-identified on these. And, and I have to say before we get into them that not a single one said, hey, I was born with these skills. They all basically said, I developed these skills out of necessity. My organization, my team, we needed these, and I, st- I stepped forward. I did show initiative and, and step forward and say, I'll, I'll volunteer to, to be on that project. And uh, um, so let me just briefly uh, hit the skills, because I, I normally like to turn them into questions, but in the interest of time, maybe, uh, maybe I'll just kind of run down the list. Um, you're able to spot and seize opportunities. Other people just see problems, they see dead ends, they see roadblocks, but you're able to say this could be an opportunity and, and, and go with that. So that's one of the critical things. That's probably the most important. Um, here's another one. Assumption assaulters. These people that we talked to and interviewed and studied um, are always about challenging assumptions. We think about Steve Jobs and how he did that in seven different industries. We think about it in our own lives. Um, assumptions come up all the time, though. I'm not creative. I can't do that. I, I've never, you know, done X. Or I work with so many different industries that you begin to be able to identify an industry assumption. I got to a, a company the other day that I was uh, going to be working with, and one of the first things they told me was, hey, you know, this is the call center industry. This is a commodity. And I thought, I thought to myself, look at how that sort of frames and limits their thinking. Hey, we're a commodity. Nothing you can do about that, you know, and so forth and so on. So a high level of empathy. I mean, that's that's near and dear to both of your hearts, right, no doubt. Right. Uh, that's uh, that that empathy factor, which we know from research is uh, 
is uh, plummeting, in the, especially the millennial generation, so we need to kind of shore that one up. Able to think ahead of the curve. Uh, this is a skill that has to definitely be practiced. We can talk about that if you'd like. Um, the ability to produce ideas in abundance. I mean, I do, I do a lot of brainstorming sessions, ideation sessions, where we consciously get there and realize that this is nothing more than a process, that the creativity is bottled up, mm-hmm. but if we just take the time, we can do that. Um, so that ability to, uh, uh, to think creatively uh, when we need to. And then finally, the, the, the seventh would be that we're able to sell our ideas, that we're persuasive, that we work on our skills of communication and being able to persuade not only colleagues, um, but also people in other uh, organ- parts of the organization, the people that report to us, and, of course, certainly uh, um, the senior team that we're trying to uh, receive and, and gain resources from and buy in so that we can uh, execute on a particular project. So, Robert, these are great. We'll get into you know, some of these more uh, in detail. Um, you know, and I think you know, for Kathy and I, <clears throat> we're in, the, in some of those same settings that you're in all the time. And that, that whole idea uh, that people end up having these uh, behavior and thought habits that they keep going back to probably what's worked before, and I think all of us do that, you know, makes sense to go to what works before. But it's almost to, in a sense, I'll use this word, to agitate them to go to a different destination. Sometimes when I work with folks, uh, I love talking about thinking, and it's kind of like we think... And we always go the same to the same destinations. You know, we drive the same way to work. We we kind of go to those same thoughts. And I'm sure you've dealt with this. You know, supposedly about 95 percent of the things that we thought today are the same things we thought yesterday. We've gone <laughs> to those same destinations over and over because we're really comfortable. So, how do you? Um, what would be some of the ways that you kind of get people to some of those new destinations, or or agitate them to kind of get get something uh, unique. Maybe you can tell us about some of the strategies sure. that you may yeah, use. Yeah, no, they, uh, they, this, is what the, this is the essence of what I, I teach and what takes up a yeah. lot of the workshop time, just giving people uh, the kinds of skills or, or the tools that they can use in a situation where they realize, hey, we need to kind of look at our assumptions here and, and, and break some new ground. Um, you know, the, the, if you go back to the Great recession, you know, the, the global economy is about to go off a cliff. I mean, there's fears palpable. If you're in the auto business, um, you really need to do some innovative thinking, and you need to do it pretty fast. And so uh, all the other major automobile companies at that point, this is back maybe December 2008, if you can go back there in your mind, um, all the other companies were, you know, basically, you know, they were down 30 to 50%. Cars are stacking up on their lots, and they're not sure exactly what to do, and so they're they're not doing much of anything. But Hyundai is actually showing sales of up fourteen percent. We went and looked at that. What were they doing? They were asking a different question, and that's one of the essential tools that I teach. Mm-hmm. Ask a different question. Get people in a room and just have them ask questions. What about this? What about this? And uh, it breaks new ground. And so what they did at Hyundai was they said, "Well, why aren't somebody said, well, why aren't people buying cars?'" And somebody else said, well, that's because they're afraid. They're afraid they'll lose their job in the next 12 months. Ah, okay. So if that's the situation out there, then even if we rebate and discount 
uh, it's not going to move cars. So they said, why don't we do something we've never thought to do? Why don't we offer a one-year, no-cost return guarantee? If you lose your job in the next 12 months, you can bring your car back. We'll take it back. And they had never done that. So it was totally wow. unconventional. How did that happen? Well, it came out of asking a different question. So, And, Robert, we're going to yeah. hold right there. I want you to hold that thought. We're going to answer that question. <laughs> when we get back, we're going to take a quick break, so don't go away. You're listening to Leadership Development News. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Are you a fearless leader? Fearless leaders stop at nothing to win while engaging others through positive action. Fearless leaders operate with a strong sense of freedom. They embrace the courage to fail. They respond to challenges with resilience. They operate from a higher consciousness, and they excel through a mindset for success to increase everyone's ROL, or return on leadership. You can, too. Let Dr. Kathy Greenberg and a rare team of special operations coaches help you realize your full potential at fearlessleadersgroup.com. The Fearless Leaders Group applies a powerful coach approach beyond tools and techniques by fundamentally transforming a leader's core abilities and approaches to any business in as little as 90 days. Act now and receive a free bonus. Go to fearlessleadersquiz.com. Take the free assessment and find out what you are truly capable of. Go to fearlessleadersquiz.com to find the fearless leader in you and discover how being fearless truly equals freedom. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the Happiness Equals Profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, WhatHappyWorkingMothersKnow.com. Or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at H2CLeadership.com. That's H2CLeadership.com. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers, and we're talking with a top performer. In innovation, Robert Tucker. 
He has a book, Innovation is Everybody's Business. And let me make sure I give you his website, uh, which is www.innovationresource.com, www.innovationresource.com. And uh, he has an assessment on there that will kind of let you see about where you are as far as innovation. And, Robert, um, maybe you can also integrate kind of what that assessment is about. But we'd all love also to be able to hear from you. You know, we left by asking these different questions. And, you know, that's what you mentioned, the example of, of Hyundai. Um, give maybe some other examples of people you work with who kind of were able to kind of take the organization in a different way, you know, using their innovation skills. Sure, yeah. I always think of Jennifer Rock at Best Buy. You know, that's a highly competitive industry right now with competition from Amazon, and a lot of them, like Circuit City, have gone out of business. But um, people like Jennifer Rock, who actually was working in the marketing department, they asked her to take over the Internet, and the Internet at that point was used to push information out to all the stores all over the place from headquarters in Minneapolis. And Jennifer is very much the innovator, very much the type A, uh, as she would describe herself, and she, she couldn't help but notice that there was a huge disconnect between the, the headquarters and the stores out there. There was no communication back and forth. It was just one way. And so she said, what would happen um, if we started making a two-way communication? And that was kind of radical, you know. She wasn't asked to do that, but she took initiative. She's very... Uh, diplomatic. She has definitely uh, the skill of being able to uh, be a standout collaborator and collaborate with other people. Anyway, long story short, and we tell the whole story in the, in the book at quite uh, some lengths, but she began to do, and, and her team began to do some two-way, you know, kind of online surveying of people that work in the, in the stores. They began to have agendaless town hall meetings with some of the senior managers, and they began to do this and that. And lo and behold, after about three years into this, they, you know, turnover was 80%, which is not uncommon in retail. It wow. had dropped to 60% three years in. And then the fourth year in, it dropped to 49%, and that's what we went to press on. It's probably lower than that, but that's just a, an example of somebody using her eye skills um, to get some new things done for the organization, to help the company to thrive, to, uh, in effect, step up to the plate and, and to add some value. And I always say, you know, innovation is not what you do after you get your work done. It's really how you think about your work. It's how you approach the work that you do. So anybody and everybody, no matter what department or company or industry, can really add more creativity. And it's so desperately needed now by most organizations. You know, one of the things, Robert, I'm just thinking about, um, in, you know, in creativity, and you've studied innovation and creativity, you know, a lot longer and probably more in depth than than most of the gurus out there, you know, is the whole time element aspect. You know, and I know when I work with folks in the of Kathy, too, nobody has any time. So asking different questions, thinking differently, um, how, do you, how do you deal with that when these folks say, yeah, interesting, but we don't have time for that. We've got to get something out the door. You know, it's really about managing their thinking time, which I, going back to what I said earlier, you know, we're all on automatic. How do, you, how do you address that with folks? Well, first, let me say that is probably the, the number one barrier that 
you know, groups that I work with, high potential and otherwise, right. would, would list um, a lack of time to, to innovate. Yeah, they say, you know, if, if I was like Google, you know, they get one day right. off to pursue their own <laughs> projects every week, you know. You exactly. couldn't believe my schedule. And, and, and it's true. I mean, I look at some of these schedules. I look at, because I survey audiences, you know, from time to time. How many emails are you getting? How, much, how many times are you being interrupted? And we know from the research that people, knowledge workers, are interrupted every three minutes. Yeah, we know that. that they're looking at their devices at 78 times a day. You know, right now, probably some of our listeners are right. multitasking and checking things, you know, because that's just kind of how we live. So we're, we're a multitasking society, and more technology and more apps are coming at us. And as an innovation coach, I look at that. That's an integral part of what we have to consider here because, you know yourself, you do your best thinking when you're not multitasking, but when you're unitasking, when you're relaxed, when you're feeling good, when the endorphins of possibility are being set off. Maybe yeah. you're having a cup of coffee. Maybe you're with your best friend. Uh, somebody who's positive and creative and, and kind of encourages and, and gets you just thinking about, wow, what if we did this? What if I did that? I mean, I was thinking this morning driving to work here, this particular program that the two of you are collaborating on you know, came about as the result of an idea that you had at some point, you know, seven years ago. And that's the way it is with everything in our life that we accomplish, right? Um, so what we're talking about here is really the essence of life. And I'm just trying to get yeah. people to, in effect, to, to not fight back or, or push back, but really to set some boundaries with regard to how we use technology, how much and how often we are connected and receiving information, because to your point, Rally, yes, these folks are extremely busy, and, and they're just going from, you know, sort of one firefighting situation to the next, one meeting to the next, but, you know, creativity, uh, to paraphrase John Lennon, is sort of what has to happen here between these different uh, things in our schedule. And hey, Robert, let me ask you a question. One of the things that uh, people deal with a lot, especially women, is work-life balance. Right. And um, I guess one of the things I'd love to know is what advice do you have for very busy professionals who are also trying to, if you will, raise a family and do well at their job and developing their eye skills. So how, how, how do you build these tools for work-life balance and, uh, and doing it well? Well, that's a huge topic, but let me just give you one thought or one tool if even um, I really Fantastic. believe in in scheduling some alone time some introspection time I think introspection is not the enemy here and, and I, I think so many of us are just on the go <clears throat> so I would really you know counsel on that that it's so critically important I think journaling um, is really really important so we kind of know you know, where we've come from, where we're going, and, and uh, the journaling allows us. I think downloading our ideas, you know, as they occur uh, is, is a tremendous uh, tool and, and a way of kind of remaining centered. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I just, I'm fascinated by the, uh, the need to both cope with this, this huge rate of change and the complexity uh, with some very simple everyday tools that we can use. Again, Innovation is not what we do after we get our work done. It's how we approach our work. 
So uh, getting folks to kind of do something a, a little different, and so you're like, do you, when you coach them, I know Kathy and I would probably do this, uh, sometimes you almost have to get so prescriptive with folks to break them out of their habit and say, okay, when you have free time or first schedule that free time, like you're saying, here's what you should do in that free time. I mean, do you help them kind of ask some of the, your I questions? You know, because on their own, they may, you know, they may, they may gravitate to what they're doing later in the next meeting or, you know, they may, go, they may gravitate to just worrying about something versus actually being creative. You're absolutely right. I mean, it's, it's so easy to talk about changing a habit, but to your point earlier, um, most of us are going to fall back into familiar patterns unless we continue. I think for me, in a personal sense, I think one of the, 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 the uh, most bizarre realizations that I've had of late is that um, because I'm teaching this, it's reinforcing it for me. So we teachers, yeah. you know, we, we, we get to continue to learn or relearn uh-huh. some of these things. But I think because of the pace of change and because of the need for greater creativity today, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't be able to quantify how many more ideas uh, a person in your position or in someone who is listening to this program position, but... Um, I know from working with audiences and, and surveying them informally on this question, it's probably a factor we need three or four times as many ideas from, say, mm-hmm. someone doing that same work, type of work 20 years ago. And that's, that's, the, that's the metaphor here of, of what's going on. So uh, at that very same time, we're, we're just chock full of you know, running from one frying pan to the other, as I often say, and, and so I think just taking time out, being conscious, uh, being mindful uh, mm-hmm. about our creative, what I call our idea factory. And, mm. you know, this really gets us into to helping people, as I do, to understand what mode of thinking have I been operating in. And right. we go into this pretty extensively in, in the various master classes and workshops. But I'll just briefly kind of give them, because they're kind of self-explanatory. Is, am, I, am I in defeatist mode? You know, here's what we're worried. We're looking backwards. Uh, shoulda, coulda, woulda. Um, mm-hmm. Worry, I always say, is, is, a, is a negative use of the imagination. Then, of course, there's the sustainer mode, and this is sort of where we're... You know, uh, to your point earlier, really, we just want to kind of turn the crank. You know, we're overwhelmed. Don't give me any more change. Not very enthused about it. So if I am in that mode, I might go into an, uh, to a meeting and somebody floats an idea, and I just can't wait to shoot it down. You know, I can find a flaw in that idea. So that's a, that's a particular mood or mode. Uh, there's the dreamer mode, which is sort of pie in the sky. I mean, you'd think, well, you know, isn't that vitally important? And it certainly is. I mean, I have a dream, all of that vision to reality. But I think this is where, you know, uh, people don't necessarily differentiate. There's, a, there's dreamer mode, but then there's opportunity mode. And opportunity mode, we are basically in, in a mindset to turn vision into reality, to turn dreams into realities, to take action, if you will, on these ideas. And, um, so, and so, well, Robert, think, let me you know, yeah. um, stop here. So we're, we'll go to our last break, but just to kind of highlight the four modes of thinking, which I think are brilliant. We'll come back to some of these. The fetus mode, the sustainer mode, the dreamer mode, and then the opportunity mode. And so let's come back and, and we'll follow up on those and kind of get some other tips from you. You're listening to Leadership Development News. We're talking with Robert Tucker, 
Uh, his website, if you want to take his assessment, is innerresource.com, www.innerresource.com. And we'll be right back. This is Leadership Development News. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Are you a fearless leader? Fearless leaders stop at nothing to win while engaging others through positive action. Fearless leaders operate with a strong sense of freedom. They embrace the courage to fail. They respond to challenges with resilience. They operate from a higher consciousness, and they excel through a mindset for success to increase everyone's ROL, or return on leadership. You can, too. Let Dr. Kathy Greenberg and a rare team of special operations coaches help you realize your full potential at fearlessleadersgroup.com. The Fearless Leaders Group applies a powerful coach approach beyond tools and techniques by fundamentally transforming a leader's core abilities and approaches to any business in as little as 90 days. Act now and receive a free bonus. Go to fearlessleadersquiz.com. Take the free assessment and find out what you are truly capable of. Go to fearlessleadersquiz.com to find the fearless leader in you and discover how being fearless truly equals freedom. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better? What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're talking to Robert Tucker, who is a guru on the subject of innovation. And we were just talking, Robert, about the four modes of thinking, the defeatist mode, the sustainer mode, the dreamer mode, which is something I'd love to learn more about, and the opportunity mode. Can you tell us a little bit about the dreamer mode? Uh, Most innovators are dreamers, 
but they're dreamers that actually do, according to your book. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Absolutely. I mean, you hit the nail on the head there. Uh, it's that action-taking. And I think if, if our listeners were to just conceive of their things-to-do list right now, we probably all have something of that sort, at least I hope so. And, you know, even with all the new technology, all the new ways to download our ideas and so forth, it really does come down even still to kind of having a things-to-do list. And so what I recommend is that you segment strategic ideas from tactical ideas. I mean, tactical ideas is, you know, pick up the dry cleaning on the way home from work. You know, that's something that's got to be done. It's an idea. If you don't do it, uh, things are going to, you know, not be good, you, you know. Uh, but the, the more important ones are the strategic ones, and so they're the more mega projects. And you can think about this in your personal life as well as, you know, your business life. But those are uh, maybe you're going to write a new book, and you're kind of testing that idea out. And incidentally, these, this is sort of what we have to do. Um, I, of course, teach innovation as a, a formal process, and I recommend highly that companies become more systematic about innovation. You know, after all, one of the people that we uh, studied for a book called Driving Growth Innovation, said, you know, Robert, we looked around, we had a process for everything, why not for innovation? So more and more companies are creating a holistic process. So as part of that, you know, there's this, this notion of the idea of factory. You need to have a continuous flow of input, throughput, and output of ideas. Well, in our personal lives, it's the same thing. It's the same process. Now, we, we have to select the winners or the potential winners from the duds at some point because you're going to have more ideas flowing through your mind than you can ever possibly act on or implement. But uh, part of sort of mastery of, of the opportunity mode is understanding how you then go about building an idea. So maybe if, if it's a book idea, which the three of us are all authors, so maybe we're, that's familiar territory, at least to us, um, maybe we test it out. We test it out on our friends. We maybe do a focus group on the idea. We um, do a lot of research. We write a proposal. Uh, we send it off to our agent or to our publisher and so forth and so on, and, and see what they have to say about it. So there's kind of an ingrained process. We may not be conscious of that. And, and so that, that same process can help with our batting average as we approach all the ideas in our lives. So number one, is this a strategic idea? And grab it. Is this a tactical idea? Grab it. Write it down. Get it out of the mind. Because we know that if we're trying to store these ideas in the mind, it, the mind is a terrible storage device. So one of the most liberating things is... is uh, for example, we, have, we often use interns here in the office, is when I suggest to them, hey, grab, that's a butterfly. Grab that butterfly right here, right now. That's an idea. And this comes across as kind of breaking news to these young people because nobody's ever really helped them to self-identify. Hey, I just had an idea. Now, it may not be, you know, change the world, uh, variety or, or scope, but it's this building block. It's this idea gathering and, and, and realizing that is the, the very basic building blocks of this thing called innovation. So, Robert, one of the, the things, and this is, you know, you're in such an exciting field, and I want to make sure people know your website, www.innovationresource.com, that you have a lot of, obviously, resources there and assessments and stuff. 
Um, anything you want to say if they go to that site, what they'll see as far as the assessments and stuff? Well, I think the one we're talking about here, the assessment, it's a free uh, assessment. It takes about seven or eight minutes, and you can kind of see where your strengths are and maybe where you need to do a little mm. thinking uh, in terms of your eye skills. So those seven eye skills basically are, are, are sort of you can, you can determine. And I, I must say, a lot of people will say, you know, I, I really have this this idea mindset uh, down cold. I mean, that's me entirely. But when they get to this thing of, I don't sell my ideas very well. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's where they're off in the stomach. So that's a whole chapter in the book and lots of techniques and, and things around that. Um, but um, another one is collaboration. You know, I, right. I need to be a better collaborator because today to get anything done, you know, we can't force people to do it. Uh, we can't command it. We can't control it. We have to work in, quite often, in uh, uh, teams where we may or may not even be the uh, coordinator of that team. And uh, so it's, it's uh, you know, diplomacy and, and good communication and, and right. following up and, and uh, covering for somebody and kind of living the golden rule. All those kinds of things come into play with, with regard to good collaborators. Well, I think you bring up such a good point around collaboration and then the communication and, you know, the idea of selling it. And I've seen, you know, in some of the work that I do, um, people have a great idea, uh, and then they, then this where confidence, initiative, achievement orientation, some of these other companies come in, they have a great idea, and they may say it once. And they say it in a meek, well, I don't know if, you know, if this is a good idea, or you may not think this is great. Or they say it so meekly that nobody even hears them. And, right. and there goes this lost opportunity, really because of their confidence or their lack of ability of, to sell their idea. Huge. You know, that's so true. I, um, I see that so much in my work. And, you know, there's this, uh, this tool called brainstorming. and Everybody knows about it. They're, they're vaguely familiar with it or they, they are in love with it, uh, as I am. And it's, it's so simple. But, you know, sometimes the, 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 the genius here is just saying, hey, this is, I think, an important issue that we're talking about here in the hallway or in the corridor. Why don't we do a little 15 or 20-minute brainstorming mm. session so that somebody is at the whiteboard jotting down everybody's right. idea? It turns out, social science research here, that when everybody, introverts and extroverts and, and, and people who feel that they're just very, very... Um, you know, linear and, and, and detail-oriented, but they're not, quote-unquote, good at this thing called coming up with ideas. You bring those people together and just just practice this. You know, don't judge the ideas. Just get them all out here on a, on a common medium. Hey, guess what? You know, it works, and we just need to follow that. So sometimes it's just the, the realization that we have a tool here that's been invented a long time ago, but let's use it now, right here, right now, for this particular problem. Sometimes right. that's what's so critical. Yeah. And that's, that's one of the biggest issues we have, right, is making assumptions, fear of being judged, and having yeah. the courage to get past that and get those ideas out to people because many of them are impressive. You've been fantastic, Robert. It's been a great deal of fun having you on the show. Well, thank you. It's been a pleasure. And so, Robert, just to kind of summarize what I heard you say, sometimes just capturing people's attention is the first challenge then to get out all their ideas. And so for, for more information about uh, Robert Tucker, you want to go to 
um, innovationresource.com and go ahead and take his assessment and see where you are in his iSkills. You've been listening to Leadership Development News, so tune in to tune up your performance. Thanks, folks. You've been listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We sincerely hope that you gained some great ideas and inspiration on how to elevate your leadership skills. Join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Business Channel.